What's up? It's Lisa Denae. You're listening to Sound Scrub, a place where I get to dissect the writing, production, and recording process of a song with the artist and producer. Southern family, they say to be a lady. songwriter and a producer uh i'm also a a cellist so i do a lot of string arranging my fun fact is that sometimes i still wish that i pursued gymnastics (laughs) (laughs) and i actually wish that i was a stunt double sometimes (laughs) oh my gosh wait that is so crazy because i was wondering like how people get into being a stunt i know I always every time I see people do crazy stunts in movies, I'm like, I just want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Why did you stop gymnastics? Oh, no, I mean, I stopped doing gymnastics when I was two. I wish. Oh, that- <laughs> oh, oh I see. I see. <laughs> but I have a background in film, and so gotcha. I was like, oh, I would love to do stuff. <laughs> Listen, you asked for random. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. I love it. I'm Rachel Bachner. I am an artist and a songwriter and co-wrote Fugly with Tiger, who um, I work with a lot on various things for various people, but a lot (laughs) on my own stuff as well. And a fun fact about me, one time I crashed a golf cart (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think I want to give any more context. So Wait, but I need the context. <laughs> it's a whole story. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's a good story. It's though. just, yeah, I did crush a golf cart that did not belong to me. Oops. Oopsie. Oh, well. <laughs> did you have to pay for the damage? Nope. <laughs> nice. Hey, as long as you... <laughs> Didn't have to handle that, then it's, and that's fine. <laughs> a little bit more. There might be video evidence somewhere, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> oh, I was like, in a music video? <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Oh, no, I Should've wish. Yeah. No, but I'm, it might be on some security footage <laughs> somewhere in some archives. I don't know. But Excellent. yeah, that's my fun fact. <laughs> Love <Yay>. it. <laughs> All right. Today's episode of Soundscrub, we are going to be talking about Fugly by Tiger Darrow. Let's start with the lyrics of the song. What is this song about and what inspired you to write it? I mean, so I had kind of had the first little like microverse written before I showed it to Rachel. Mm -hmm. It was mostly just me kind of 
playing with the idea of like, you're never fully dressed without a smile. And like, I have this little makeup bag that says something. It's like a Mr. Rogers quote or something that says like, if you think good thoughts, then they'll like radiate through you and you'll always be lovely or I'm butchering the quote, but it's just like, if, if you have a happy mind, then you'll be happy. Um, and, and I'm very mentally ill. And so that was like a bit of a thing, like a kind of a struggle for me was thinking like, ah, I don't know. I feel like I often have troublesome thoughts and I'm quite sad often. And therefore does that make me ugly? Like Mm. I also like, I don't know. I love people watching and I rem- yeah. I have this distinct memory of sitting on the train on the way home from work one day. I looked across the train uh, car and there was a woman sitting across from me and she just like was sitting there smiling like at nothing. Just she clearly uh-huh. had like a really nice interaction with somebody and yeah. it, she just looked so beautiful in that moment. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. So the idea was like, if happy girls are pretty girls, then I must be fucking ugly because I'm so far from that. And like, obviously that's an ever shifting thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not always deeply depressed, but, um, but it's like, it's a hard thing to struggle with of like, mm-hmm. do I have to continue to better my mind in order to be appealing to the people around me? Yeah. That's what I think I like the most about the song mm-hmm. is kind of like the general idea of when you do struggle with mental illness in whatever form that you do Mm -hmm. kind of feeling like you, your life would be easier and like you would make things easier for the people around you. Like if you just weren't that way Mm -hmm. and you obviously can't control that. And because Mm -hmm. you can't control that, it kind of, you know, can make you feel like, like you're a little bit broken or you can be like a burden on people. And so I think you know, obviously the line is cheeky and, and about like, if happy girls are pretty girls and I must be ugly, but I think to me, it kind of is more general than that too. It's just mm-hmm. like, if people who are naturally happy, just like radiate this mm-hmm. kind of like magnetic energy, like, will I never be able to do that? Mm-hmm. And like, if I don't, will I, can I just not compete with people who do? And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that, that I found very interesting about, yeah song when you showed me like your first little bit of it thanks I mean that's also like a part of why I struggle with being an artist too because I'm primarily a producer for other people Mm -hmm. but I feel like part of it is that I don't necessarily naturally have the magnetism that people who are their own artists have because I struggle with things like that like I feel like I don't have the like radiating positivity and optimism and that's that's just me living in my own head i i right. heard other people say otherwise about me but yeah, it's I just think you're quite magnetic <laughs> that's so nice <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah i i mean it's also especially with social media these days like this song can definitely like help someone that is struggling with this subject and I know that we haven't met in person, but I will say, yeah, you are magnetic through just <laughs> Zoom. So, oh, um, I, I, yeah, definitely just it's hard, right? We are always all of us get in our heads. But I think I think there's something to be said about what you said with your own art and and that. And I think 
the bigger picture is, is that you are helping others with your art and your music that are going through these emotions that they possibly can't even process on their own. Mm -hmm. So don't forget that ever because, yeah, this is, I'm sure that you use music as a friend, you know, when you don't know how to portray these emotions to other people. I mean, that's how I use music and, and it's super, super helpful for others that might be going through this same feeling. So I really loved the song. Um, I especially loved the production in that. Um, But I do want to hear more about your guys' backstory because you said that you guys write a lot. So together, so how did you guys meet and how did this like partner, writing partnership come about? So Rachel and I met like kind of almost in passing-ish just before the pandemic at NYU every year NYU has a two-week-long summer songwriting workshop oh cool yeah and I I work at the workshop and Rachel was participating and she was in a group that I don't actively work with so Mm -hmm. I never got to spend much time with her but we followed each other on social media and started talking on there and then I produced a song for you or did we write together first I forget I think we wrote we like started writing something and then ended up not finishing that first song for whatever reason. Right, yeah. And then I think you produced two songs for me. Yeah. Remotely. Yeah. And Cause then, then the pandemic happened. Yeah. So that was like during COVID. So yeah, you, pr- you produced two songs for me remotely. And then I think somewhere in between there, we wrote virtually a couple times mm-hmm. and we wrote, I'm not going to say the name because it's, I don't, I don't know if you've talked about the song. Oh, no, that's fine. Album. And then <laughs> you can talk about it. We wrote a song. I'll leak your no, music titles. Okay. We wrote a song <laughs> called Damn, just like about giving no bothers as to mm-hmm. whether or not people knew who you were. Like the idea was, damn, all your friends are famous, but I'm mm. not. Um, but that's fine. <laughs> but that's fine. I'm it's going to be on her album. Yes. But yeah, and then once like COVID kind of started to simmer a little bit and like Mm. people were kind of doing stuff then I came to your like studio a few Mm -hmm. times and we worked on music in person Mm -hmm. and wrote in person we would kind of do like we we tried to shove everything into a weekend so like Rachel was living um in the burbs in the burbs so she would drive (laughs) to Bushwick and then stay at my place and do all the vocals for everything that we'd worked on and then if we had like bandwidth afterwards we Mm. would try to write something Yeah. yeah it's funny because like we met we didn't really start talking until I want to say like mid 2020 Mm -hmm. and then like you so quickly became one of my best friends (laughs) (laughs) and like and obviously someone that like I work with a Mm -hmm. ton on Mm -hmm. music and it's just crazy how like so many friendships and like really important people came out of this like weird virtual world that the pandemic created Mm -hmm. but yeah so definitely grateful for that Well, I feel like the pandemic kind of made people more, in a weird way, it made people more accessible because we all learned how to adapt to distance. Mm. Right. And so 
I don't know. I, I was working with people I wouldn't have necessarily gotten to work with before because everybody was open to virtual writing sessions. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Before. So, and then I, I feel like a lot of those things that started virtually did become friendships and maybe part of that is trauma bonding. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Oh, we, we dealt with a pandemic together. Yeah. We're, we're besties now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of how that's our origin yeah. story. And now yeah. I'm at your apartment constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Making music. Making great music. So how did um well with with this song, so you had that like line, that idea. Did mm. you guys end up crafting the lyrics first and then moving into production, or do you tend to do that simultaneously? How's your process? The usual writing process is I feel like production sort of goes along with the actual songwriting. Mm -hmm. But for this one, I kind of just had the like, "Mm -hmm," and the guitar part. And that was it. And so I kind of went, you know what, I don't really care about form or anything. Let's just sort of write and see what comes out. And Mm -hmm. let's leave this like guitar part as the base of it and then go out from there. And so I had that little verse and then Rachel and I, it was like at the end of the day. So we were kind of tired and had probably been drinking. And we, I think we had done like a, a whole day of recording vocals. Yeah. And then it like devolved into recording vocals and making gin and tonics. Yes. And then we were like, let's finish the song. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, I have the idea for this song and I feel like it's worth exploring. And I yeah. like, I like the punchline. Yeah. So let's just see if we can make something of it. But it was super low stakes. I was very much of the mind of, you know what, it's just for my own project. So if we end up hating it, that's not a big deal. It's okay. It's kind of like anything goes. Yeah. Like, I feel like the verses, you know, it felt very like, biographical or autobiographical mm, mm-hmm. yeah um and it was kind of just like yeah it and not that you know we could just say anything like random and it would fit but it was just like okay like how are you feeling yeah what what like what thoughts are coming to mind when you right. think about like the main you know like the the chorus of the song um but then also the bridge we were just like shit oh, should yeah. just get crazy yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, because we sort of treated it like it was a just brain brain slash word vomit during a therapy session kind mm-hmm. of thing of just mm-hmm. like, okay, so what happened today? Tell me a little bit about that and how did that make you feel and yada yada yada. Right. And then end with the tag. And then yeah, by the time we hit that bridge, we just went, what's the point of the song? What do you what do you want? Why do we care that you feel like you're fugly? And so all we could think of was just, <laughs> I just want some serotonin. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? At, at which point initially <laughs> when we mapped it out, we just did, I feel like the original version of it was just guitar and vocal. And I was like, 
don't worry. I'm going to maybe have like Josh, our friend, our friend, who's a really fantastic drummer. I was like, I'm going to have him play on it. And like, it's going to, I really thought that I was going to be an indie rock person for a hot second. (laughs) And I was like, this is where the band comes in. And then the more I sat with it, the more I went, I actually just chaos, just prefer hyper pop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like let's make it a weird pseudo hyper pop, noisy, gnarly thing. Yeah. Um, and that was, it took me a couple tries to get that, br- the bridge break thing right, I would say. Just as hectic as it needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's also like a rhythm change happening. Oh, yeah. It's, and so it, yeah. it seemed very like tedious to try to like nail that, but like stay within, I guess like the line of what you created before you know in the beginning of the song um so how was that for you was it super challenging I mean well I don't know what were you gonna say I kind of wonder if that was kind of a happy accident because we were a little drunk when we wrote it and I think Ah, it kind of got carried away with this like like we should be like we just like explode, like just yeah. just explode into this like crazy part and like, oh, I just want some serotonin. And then I think we liked it mm-hmm. a lot and then realized that like it didn't actually fit. Yeah. And then we were like, but we can make it fit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was more of it because the original session for it, I remember it being kind of a hot mess <laughs> for that reason and trying to figure out how to glue it together. I just mm-hmm. had to tempo maps and things because it just wasn't going to make sense if it was in the original tempo I had to speed it up it's a nightmare for my drummer um when we play it live because <laughs> there's no easy way to get into that section <laughs> um but yeah I I feel like we just I think that was what it was was yeah. we were just kind of drunk and we wanted to have a screamy part yeah it was yeah. therapeutic and then it had yeah. to stay yeah yeah yeah, I loved it. Oh my gosh. I and I definitely was not expecting it to go <laughs> in that direction. So I really loved it. There's like so much awesome cool ear candy throughout this whole song. Yeah, I just really really loved it. I want to go back to the intro cuz you said that you had that humming in mm-hmm. mind. Did it literally just like pop into your head or or how did that? And then when you had it did you see it as the intro of the actual song? I think a lot of times when I start working on songs for myself, I it, it usually comes from a place of I'm wandering around the house humming something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes whatever it is that I'm humming turns into something that has a lyric on top of it. And then other times it turns into a pad of vocals that become like a synth ultimately. Right. Um, so in this particular scenario, I wanted to put that idea down and I'm uh, a bit of a slut for harmony. So I went, well, what if I add a harmony to it? And then I just added a couple of harmonies and went, okay, so this won't have lyrics. <laughs> um, so I just kind of put that on it. And I think initially I had it looped underneath the whole thing yeah. and it was, yeah. And it was just going to be a persistent thing. Yeah. And then ultimately I went, let's just make it like a weird hook that comes in and out just because it felt like a little too much and I wanted it right. to be relatively bare bones. Um, even before I knew that I wanted the end to explode the way that it did. I just, I, I, 
had entered an era of just wanting to make less is more music. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I started it with that little pad thinking, okay, this is going to be like the, the core of the music. And then ultimately ended up stripping it quite a bit. Yeah, it's kind of cool, too, because it almost like emulates like the voices in your head, Um, which, (laughs) you know, ultimately, yeah, this lyric is right. You're speaking to yourself. And yeah, it's very much. Yeah, it's it's very much a like ramblings of a madman sort Mm. of person (laughs) or sort of thing. And the uh, music video is also supposed to sort of be your inner turmoil fucking with you. Yeah, it's it's just a recurring nightmare. Yeah, I, I, well, I did want to talk about the video, too, so we can move into that. What inspired you to go in that direction? I tend to think pretty visually when I work on production, and mm-hmm. especially when I'm writing lyrics. I love to have a strong visual in lyrics. And I, I knew that it, I also am a little bit of a masochist when it comes to art, and I very much like to um, torture myself. <laughs> yeah, Tiger texted me, and she was like, hey, can you help me with this music video? I basically need you to just, like, throw lemon wedges and dirt in my face. And I was like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, because in the past, I don't know, I'm, I'm very much into, like... I think what it is, is I don't like getting dirty. I don't like, Hmm. we're going to circle. It's all going to make sense. Hold on. I (laughs) I don't like, like getting my hands dirty. I immediately wash them after like everything that I cut while I'm cooking and everything. And so then pushing myself outside of what I like, I feel like creates more genuine and interesting reactions from me Mm -hmm. in terms of art. Um, anytime I've had to use a tool that I don't understand very well for music, it has made my production all the more interesting for it. Mm -hmm. And so I think my thought process is always like, what's something I'm afraid of? Let's do it for a music video because it's going to make for a much more interesting experience for the viewers. Mm -hmm. I had an old project, uh, when I was in college where we did a music video where we poured paint on top of my head for the entirety of the video. I can't remember. Did I show you this video? I've seen it. It was the most like harrowing music video experience of my life because we covered my entire body in liquid latex. And Mm. obviously all of any liquid latex you buy says, don't put this on your face. (laughs) And obviously we put it on my face. And the reason that they tell you not to put it on your face is because what makes the liquid latex dry the way it does is the ammonia in it. Oh my God. And so the paint that we used to pour on me, they, we, we put a bald cap on me. We covered me in white paint so that I would be like a clean slate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The idea was you come into the world, this like pure being, and then mm-hmm. over time, your experiences shape you and mm. make you what you are. And so we use different colors of liquid latex that poured down on me from this like elaborate rig that we had built. Mm-hmm. And again, not thinking 
maybe we shouldn't use something that has ammonia in it. So for three and a half minutes, we're just pouring this liquid latex onto my head. By the time we get to the last color, it has clogged my ears. It has gotten in my mouth. It has glued my eyes shut and it was going into my nose. (laughs) And Oh yeah. And um, so I started coughing in the very last 20 seconds of the video and choking and the director had no idea what to do, but I was essentially suffocating. And um, so he, he like kept the camera rolling. He ran up to me and tried to wipe my face down and said, I'm just going to leave the camera rolling, do what you need to do. Like rip, rip your way out of the latex if you have to. And the video ended up being pretty impactful. Yeah, I, know, I know. Now I gotta watch it. I know. Wow. Well, ultimately, um, I think. I think. Well, I, it was a uh, duo that I had with an ex-boyfriend, and so when we broke up, none of the accounts got maintained, and it ultimately mm. got taken down. I know, (laughs) but like ever since then, I've gone, you know what? That was a really traumatizing experience at the same time. I was safe the whole time and I trusted people around me. So I'm willing to put myself in these like weird situations where it's like, maybe not going to be the most comfortable thing in the world, Mm -hmm. but it'll at least be interesting to watch. So I hate being dirty. Let's avoid the ammonia. But from we will avoid yeah. the <laughs> no, we learned some lessons. We did learn some <laughs> lessons. And we did learn some lessons from the Fugly video shoot because I was pulling dirt out of my ears for about a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was nasty. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. But it, it was clean. Wait, so Ra- wait, Rachel, so were you the hands as well? Yeah, I was, I was nice. the purple pair of hands. Okay. My, um, our yeah. friend Megan was the green pair of hands. Yes, and oh, our okay. Friend directed it. It was it's it was very much a family experience. Yeah, and none of us had any idea what we were doing. <laughs> nope, not a clue. It was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed the visual. Actually, like I, it was like literal with the lyrics, but also not in a boring way I don't really know how to describe that I'm saying that's so wrong but I yeah I like really loved I don't know I just really loved the visual and I thought it worked so well with what you built in the production too so thanks yeah I I enjoyed it a lot and I wanted to know actually what was the significance of you ending the video like that like putting it up to the lens oh um it was kind of like that was, that was a last minute decision that, that Bianca and I made of like, we wanted it to, we wanted the bridge to feel like this is just a never ending cycle. Right. And so being the person to be able to shut it off, it's like giving yourself the power to be able to change the course of the cycle. Uh, okay. So like whatever that might look like where, it, where it could be, finding new coping mechanisms or um seeking help from a medical professional mm-hmm. <laughs> um those kinds of things it, it was sort of a, a okay so this is the chaotic never-ending cycle that people who struggle with whatever variety of things struggle with but mm-hmm. at the end of the day you can find the the strength within yourself to within, change yeah. that right I like that I have a, a weird interpretation that is literally just my, oh, my own tell me, tell interpretation, me. but, um, so yeah, this is, has literally nothing to do with your actual intention, no, but I love it. so I think what's so 
cool about the video in my opinion is that it it feels like a nightmare mm-hmm. or like you're being like tortured almost by mm-hmm. I don't know whether if it's a nightmare <laughs> your sleep paralysis demon or like you know what I mean <laughs> like you're literally being like tortured and taunted by these hands mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like you know in in like horror movies when they like try to record themselves sleeping mm-hmm. to like see what crazy stuff is happening like while they're asleep Mm -hmm. it kind of feels to me like you're like you're setting up the camera to like monitor what's going on and then Mm -hmm. like we go through this whole like nightmare scene and then like it ends with you like turning the camera off Mm -hmm. I like that's that's my weird interpretation no I like it (laughs) it could also be that (laughs) yeah I I just made that up so (laughs) (laughs) What would you to say your favorite lyric line is in this song? Oh, we have some tasty nuggets in there. <laughs> I knew that was going <laughs> to gross you out. <laughs> mm, that's a good question. I mean, as somebody who ended up getting a lemon wedge tattooed to their arm, I do like faking smiles and smiles. <laughs> feels yeah. like wedges. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I honestly, I really, really love the that you know pretty is as pretty does but all that's above me if happy girls are pretty girls and mm-hmm. I was fucking ugly I just think it's so clever yeah um and I did not write that line so I'm not like <laughs> I just think it's so clever and like it just hits really hard mm-hmm. so that's my favorite line in the song oh geez <laughs> what about your favorite production element in this song Ooh, um I've been really interested in playing with space and um Mm -hmm. by that I mean just like changing what it feels like to if you were to close your eyes and listen to a song where you imagine you are as you're listening to different parts of songs and so like I really like the going from guitar vocal to that little like plucky piano sort Mm -hmm. of moment where Mm -hmm. things feel very textural and like you're just wandering around a room and the world is floating around you before we return to guitar land. I love moments like that. So I think that's maybe my favorite production part. I would say. Even though the part that I spent the most time on was. The <laughs> <laughs> I think what, I mean, what I love about you as a producer, because yeah. obviously you work on a lot of my stuff is just like, you have a very unique way of making things sound interesting Mm. and um especially because like when we're working on things for me it's like pop music but like it's pop music but it's never boring pop music yay and like (laughs) you have a really like I don't know you just have a way of like bringing in the weird but like in a very elegant way thanks you know um (laughs) and I, I just think that it's you know, it, it never sounds like somebody else, but at the same time, like, like when you're making music for your, for your project, it always sounds very uniquely tiger. Hmm. But then when we're working on stuff, like that influence is still there, but it also like, you're able to kind of like still somehow make it sound like me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think she's like an incredible producer. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, can you work with me? <laughs> yes, I would love to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I'm just really impressed with all of this. And 
yeah, I definitely love that breakdown. That was just awesome. Like I was like, wow, <laughs> what's going on? But I love it and I can't stop listening to it. Yay. Yeah, I just think that like she has ideas that that nobody else like would have and all right. and be able to like pull off in mm-hmm. the same way. Oh shit. Yeah. Just me. This is just a podcast oh about God. complimenting Tiger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In which Tiger tries to learn how to take a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's why I'm like so excited for your album to come out because I feel like it has such range. <laughs> but in a really cool way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Aw. Let's Rachel's just been hyping up. Let's my- just bully her into <laughs> releasing the goddamn album. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just scared about release plans. I'm not. What, gonna- is it done or? It's done. It's mastered. Yeah. There's it's, artwork. It's done. There's, there's multiple ah. videos. <laughs> okay. So I got to bug Max to get. <laughs> yeah, just send everyone on her. We just need to start, start bullying her into doing it. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just get really intimidated with release plans because I really love making music yeah. and I make songs that I get really, really excited about. And then I put all of this pressure on myself to give them the attention that I feel like they deserve, um, promotionally speaking. Mm. And then I run out of bandwidth to pull it off. Mm. And so then I end up releasing a song and thinking that I've done what I'm supposed to do when reality is I've I've just put it on submit hub and (laughs) made me hate myself in the process. Yeah. And then just said, here you go, world. Yeah. Oh my gosh, submit hub. I know. Jeez. Like submit hub. And then I make three TikToks and then I'm like, that's enough, right? <laughs> it's like, no, you literally have to post a TikTok like twice a day and put it in people's faces because no matter how many times they see it, they're not gonna remember. Like, oh, I just get scaled. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a lot. it's a lot of work. Yeah. Mm. You're but really we good. all want to hear it so <laughs> I know I know I I need to I'll figure it out I'm gonna have a little... we're gonna have a chat we're gonna yeah. have a chat after this <laughs> Rachel sit her down yeah don't worry <laughs> way ahead of you <laughs> well it does sound like this song came together pretty easy for you were there any roadblocks that you guys hit along the way I know we talked briefly about the bridge for sure but anything else not to I don't remember it being too hard to write. Yeah, I feel like when we write, for me, it tends to be a little bit of a free-for-all, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is fine. I tend to write a little bit stream of consciousness-y. Yeah. Um, so the bulk of the song really did come together pretty seamlessly. Yeah. And then, like, I think the second verse was literally, like, that day you had sent Sam a selfie yeah and he literally was like you can I help you yeah (laughs) like let's put that in In the song song. (laughs) yeah and then yeah really the only thing that was a hang-up was where do we want to end this song and we thought about Mm. it for a minute and then we went what if it just like went crazy yeah Yeah. that was like that was it and then we were like should we make the lyrics more clever than that and he went no (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was like a weirdly easy song to yeah. write, which I think is maybe why I love it so much is because it came from a super like genuine place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of early in like earlier in our like friendship, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. 
So it was just, it's just like a nice memory of us like sitting on your floor, <laughs> a little bit drunk, eating sour straws, probably. probably. Oh, oh my God. gosh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like writing this, like, this kind of crazy kooky song. Yeah. And I think we got, we had false confidence too, because it came out so easily that we were like, let's write another right, song. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. And then we tried to write another song that night and it turned into a weird list. And we went, oh, we've actually had too many gin and tonic. <laughs> well, yeah, we were ambitious, but I think because we were, this was still when, you know, I was like coming over for like two, three days. Mm-hmm. We're like, let's pack as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And it was probably like two in the morning. And we were yeah. like, let's write another song right now <laughs> on like a sugar high. Yeah. And it just, it did not go well. Yeah. We're like, you know what, maybe we should call it. Yeah. We wrote one good song. Let's we'll just it. leave it at that. <laughs> I also do want to compliment your vocals and the way that they were treated because oh, they hey. sound very like intimate and I feel like it totally works with this song as well. Oh, thank so I, you. Yeah, I, uh, I had one of my friends, um, Ronnie DeSimone, mix that song. He added a couple little production elements here and there too. Um, and I, my big fight with Ronnie is always that I'm like, I want the vocal to be bone dry. And he's oh, like, yeah. that's disgusting and I'm like (laughs) I know (laughs) and so every demo that I ever do for myself the vocal is always painfully dry (laughs) and um so I I asked him to make it sound as intimate as he possibly could and and I think he nailed it yeah for sure well any other cool interesting facts about the writing the production or the recording process of the song that you would love to share I love that we did the video in the like basement of your old apartment building that we like probably weren't actually allowed to be. <laughs> yeah I think th- they were trying to renovate the basement of my old apartment bu- building for so long and they stopped working on it for a while so there was just a toilet in the middle of the room <laughs> nice. there was like a computer There's... from like 2001 yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and there was no floor. It was just concrete. There were spider webs everywhere. There were like light sockets with no bulbs in them. And there was electricity. There was electricity <laughs> though. There were just no light bulbs in the sockets. Yeah. So it was really spooky down huh. there. And we just snuck in one night. And fortunately, nobody tattled on us. Yeah. But because we definitely weren't supposed to be <laughs> down there. <laughs> And I think to this day, the backdrop might be still down there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, because it got so gross because we just kept pouring pounds oh, and pounds of dirt, dirt on my face. Right. Yeah. And then like lemon juice. And so it just got <laughs> muddy. So we just wrapped all of the mud in this backdrop and then said, I'm going to come back for this. And then I never came back for it. Oh my gosh. Sense. So yeah, <laughs> it's there forever. It lives there now. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You said you moved, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. The memory lives on in that basement, but it was definitely haunted. Oh, for sure. There. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely haunted. But we were entertaining the ghosts that inhabit that. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. They're probably enjoying it for sure. Right. Yeah. No, it was, it was good. Uh, good times. <laughs> trying to think if, I guess that might be. one of the only songs that I haven't put strings on too Mm. because I usually put strings on everything and that one that one I have some like plucks but nothing else so then I 
overcompensated and did a cello trio version. Oh, cool. Yeah, I did an acoustic version of it for cello trio and voice. And I slapped that up on the socials. It's so sick. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I have to check that out. That's really awesome. Did you play, did you get two other people to do it or you just played all the parts? Uh, so I don't, when I play live, I don't play cello on my own arrangements. I have, um, a cello trio that plays with me and my drummer and my drummer runs tracks and he's got an SPD pad. And then, um, sometimes halfway through the set, we'll just do an acoustic couple of songs. That's just cello trio. Um, so I had just the the three cellists and myself for the video. I have played and sung at the same time in the past. I just prefer not to. Yeah, it's, I can imagine. Fretless instrument is tricky. Hard. Right, right, right. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I got to check that out now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I I really love um, the I, I like the puzzle of production, but I really love the puzzle of turning the production into an acoustic arrangement. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm honestly really interested to hear what that sounds like, especially like the the last half of the yeah. song too. So and see what you guys did with that. I wasn't sure what to do with it, and I I actually felt pretty good about how it turned out because it it could have been so. I, in the past, I've done weird, new musicy kinds of things where I've had my cellists tie their keys to their uh, shoelaces and they stomp and do all sorts of weird shit like that. And I just, we did it once and I went, oh, I don't make this kind of music. (laughs) I went to music school. Yeah, it was really giving, I studied composition and theory at NYU. (laughs) So so I went, okay, cool. What's a way to do hyper pop on cello? And so I, I don't know. I. I feel like big unison moments was was the move so yeah. that's what mm-hmm. I ended up doing was having everybody play in unison and it was pretty pretty cool yeah yeah I'll have to check that out yeah well can you two tell everyone where they can listen to Fugly and where they can follow both of you on social media sure yeah um Fugly is anywhere that you can stream music there it is <laughs> Um, and uh, thank you so much uh the music video is on youtube and the acoustic video should be on youtube but it might not be otherwise it's on my instagram by the time you hear this podcast it will be on youtube (laughs) rachel's just gonna Uh, yeah yeah i'm really gonna (laughs) work on this yeah 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 i love that um, and you can find me on all social media as Tiger Darrow, and that's D A R R O W. Rachel. You can find me at, at Rachel Bachner on social media and Spotify and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger produces like most of my music. So, yeah. If you want more Tiger Darrow, so it's also about so you. So, it is, it yes, is about you. Yes. If you want more Tiger Darrow, <laughs> go listen to my last. EP and last single and those were all produced by Tiger. Well, thank you both for coming on my show and breaking this down with me again. Really really loved it. I just overall like lyrically, production, like sonically, it's just like fantastic. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you so much. I'm Thanks so for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. You can listen to the full song on your favorite music platforms or check out Soundscrub Presents 
Featured Sounds playlist on Spotify. Make sure to follow me, your host, Lisa Denae, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and many more at Lisa Denae or at Lisa Denae Music. If you're enjoying the show and would love to support SoundScrub, please visit lisadenae.com forward slash SoundScrub for more details. Thank you for listening. Thank you.